Good evening, everyone. And thank you so much for joining us uh, for the dry eye disease origin story, understanding the role of MGD. My name is Alice Epitropoulos, and I am joined today by my esteemed colleagues, Drs. Michael Greenwood and Dr. Shepard. So again, I'm Alice Epitropoulos. I'm a cataract and refractive surgeon in Columbus, Ohio. I'm uh, on faculty at Ohio State. Uh, we have a dry eye center of excellence. Dr. Michael Greenward is quite the overachiever. Uh, he is fellowship trained in cornea and glaucoma. He performs advanced techniques in corneal transplants, uh, refractive surgery, MIGS procedures. He does it all at Vance Thompson Vision at, in Fargo, North Dakota. And John Shepard really needs no introduction. Uh, he is the rock star of ophthalmology. Literally, he is an amazing musician. I asked him to do a rap on that, but uh, uh, he also practices ophthalmology. Uh, he is president at Virginia Eye Consultants and professor of ophthalmology, microbiology, molecular biology at Eastern Virginia Medical School. So this is a 66-year-old uh, physician, surgeon, uh, that comes in for um, cataract evaluation. He's complaining of glare, halos, starbursts at nighttime. He also complains of intermittent blurring, especially when he's using his you know, EMR system or computer. Um, and you know his speed score is a five, so he's not real symptomatic, um, and again, no really other uh, past ocular history other than contact lens wear. But he says he really doesn't feel comfortable driving at night anymore. Um, again, he's experiencing difficulty reading, using the computer. And again, you know, I think it's pretty significant, the, the symptom of vision coming and going. That's, you know, that's probably one of the most significant uh, symptoms that patients have that... Uh, you know, they might not realize that they have dry eye disease. That, along with tearing. So many patients would come in and say, well, I'm tearing. How can I have dry eye disease? All right, so here's, here's um, his exam. He's got colorettes, so he's got some Devonex going on. Uh, he's got significant staining on the, on, in the cornea and conjunctiva. Um, Flomax history, so he really dilates to five. He's got uh, three plus NS, and his best corrective vision is 2040. So I'd like to hear from my panel experts to see how you would treat this uh, nice uh, physician that wants his cataracts taken out. I'll start. <laughs> we'll go. Yeah. Uh, I was or would go, you I was would gonna, you treat him, or would you yeah, go straight to cataract? Yeah. No, I would not go straight to cataract surgery. It was like, as you're reading this down, I was like, oh my, like this guy has everything, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I used, you used to, you know, so you kind of have a, two approaches to this of like, well, do I just do a kind of a little bit and kind of do a step rise approach? Um, but when you do that, it's kind of like, hey, your house is on fire, so you throw a bucket of water at it. So he's got so much going on, and he, you know, he's, he's a busy person. He probably doesn't have time to do a lot of stuff, but he also doesn't have time to waste, you know, with poor vision, he probably wants to have surgery and get moving. So I would hit this guy hard with as much stuff as I can. And depending on your clinic or whatever, you know, you have available, but you're, you know, he's got the collarette, so you, you want to address that with something that's, you know, commercially available. In the future, we've got something coming down the pipe, which will be, you know, probably more convenient. And then, you know, he's got my bomian gland problems. And, and so you start working on that. Uh, and, and get him going as fast as he can. So I'm probably doing, you know, he doesn't have any plugs, so I'm doing, you know, plugs. I'm doing 
some sort of meibomian gland treatment. Yeah, you've got the pictures there, so he's got severe dropout, mm -hmm. and, and so you want to address that you know, as quick as you can. I, I get three types of dry eye patients. One, the patient who's seen five other doctors and has 17 complaints and 50 articles with them when they come to the office. They're very complicated, so you only change one intervention at a time so you know what's going on and they think you're paying attention. Uh, the second is a complex patient with other ocular diseases, especially glaucoma, because they're putting poison in their eye every day and destroying stem cells. Uh, the third type is like this. It's a surgical candidate. So you throw out the scientific method. You, you try to find something wrong with every system in the ocular surface and treat it directly. So I don't care if they get better on plugs and doxycycline and steroids and some type of a, a super tear and my booming gland excretion, the whole works. Just get the job done as quickly as you can so you normalize the biometry. And if three of the interventions work and three of them don't, you don't care. They have a normal surface. They have a nice a low HOA assessment on their topography, and they're ready to go with their premium lens. Understanding that their dry eye will come back if they don't keep taking their medicines, and they'll be really mad if you put in a trifocal. <laughs> so to, um, to your earlier point, obviously MGD is extremely prevalent in patients coming in for you know, cataract surgery. In a, in a study um, that uh, Dr. Kushner did, uh, 180 patients, 56% showed some level of MGD, and half of those were asymptomatic. So again, you have to look for this disease. You're not going to always get patients telling you that they have dry eye disease. And if you miss the diagnosis, there's going to be some consequences. Your biometry is going to be off. Patients are going to come to you afterwards saying, my eyes are so uncomfortable now that you did, took my cataracts out. They weren't uncomfortable before, and it's your fault. So, you know, again, um, you know, Looking at literature that we talked about before, you know, that the prevalence of dry eye disease is extremely common. Eight out of 10 patients coming in for cataract surgery have signs and or symptoms of dry eye disease. So again, this patient I uh, treated with hot compresses, omega-3s, uh, lipoflow treatment, um, put him on a topical anti-inflammatory drop, and also lipid-containing artificial tears, brought them back about four weeks later for uh, biometry. And you can see that the biometry, the rings look more symmetrical, more normal, and uh, he's, he was happy to go ahead and uh, proceed with uh, cataract surgery with uh, better biometry. So, given how common dry eye disease and MGD are, should we be proactively asking patients probing questions about fluctuating vision, tired eyes, and other symptoms of MGD, or should we wait until they complain? I, I think we need to be proactive on it, and it, it sort of depends on what they're coming in for. Like, you know, you reference the three types of patients that you see. You know, if someone's coming in for a surgery, for sure you've got to be asking about it. Um, and because you, you, you just can't start chasing your tail by doing surgery and then chasing everything down and saying, you know, oh, well, you had this before, but I didn't address it, so we did surgery and blah, 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 blah. So I, I think you need to be proactive about it. You need to look for it. It is part of our eye exam, right? You start with the lids, lashes, and work your way back. It's part of, you know, patient care. And so, so I think being proactive is only beneficial for you and, the, and if your patient. Thank you, Mike. Finally, Alice, if a patient doesn't want any procedures, and we know most of them are cash-based, what's your go-to treatment? 
Well, you know, unfortunately, dry eye disease is a very expensive disease. There's a lot of insurance companies, you know, insurance doesn't cover a lot of the treatments that we have to offer. Um, but again, I think that educating our patients is key. You know, showing them that their tear osmolarity is abnormal. And, it, you know, to your point earlier, showing them their mybography, what it normally should look like compared to what their glands look like. And then patients get it. And if, you know, if they realize that it's going to, it potentially could affect their outcomes, their surgical outcomes, they're more likely to want to make an investment in their eyes. Um, but, you know, again, if they don't want an in-office procedure, again, I document that. Um, I'll try to see if I can get an immunomodulator, um, you know, approved by, you know, their insurance, you know, try to get them started on omega-3, um, and then using lubricating drops and maybe even a topical steroid to accelerate that. Steroids, yeah. And it, the, the more you can explain to the patient like what the true pathology is, the more willing they are to do something about it. You know, you reference Demodex and the mites. And if you tell a patient, hey, you just got some crud on your eye, but take this drop twice a day, it'll make you feel better, they'll be like, I don't know. And if you said like, hey, you have a mite on your eye and this drop will, you know, get rid of it, that they're more likely to take it because they want to get rid of the pathology. We have another question. Hi, uh, uh, thank you very much for the, uh, the talk. It's been very interested. Uh, one question is, on the case of the, the physician that uh, had cataract, uh, on the treatment that you put on, you didn't start on uh, any Demodex treatment, even if you had cholerates. Uh, how often do you usually start doing the Demodex treatment when you find cholerates? Well, you know, that's, that's a great point. So we don't have anything FDA approved right now for Demodex. Um, but what I do is, you know, oftentimes I will, when I do a lipoflow treatment, I will, I will automatically do Blefex. And Blefex is pretty effective against Demodex. And then um, I have a protocol for my post-lipoflow uh, patients. Lid scrubs, warm compresses. And for those patients that have cholerets, I'll use tea tree oil. Um, Claridex or some kind of tea tree oil lid scrub. Um, IPL is also pretty effective against um, uh, Demodex too. Uh, but I'm, again, very excited about the, the Tarsus product that um, is, is uh, in our near future. Same. Thank you. <laughs>